0: Interest rates are going to come down, which, which, which is great. I mean, that's, that's good for buyers and sellers. You know, we can buy with better interest rates and sellers can, you know, anticipate maybe a, a higher offer, but not if you're in a recession, you know, that, that's... all right welcome real
1: estate hustlers podcast i'm your host josh appleman founder and ceo of appleman capital today we're we're joined with lee yoder lee is the founder of threefold real estate investing transitioned from physical therapy to real estate based in cincinnati ohio with his family focuses on faith family and expanding opportunities in real estate lee we're happy to have you here on the show today if you could let the the listeners know a little bit more about yourself
0: yeah josh happy to be here man thanks for having me um yeah so Started out as a physical therapist, um, was kind of climbing the corporate ladder at one point and and just felt like I was, you know, looking for something else, um, like kind of a different route. Didn't really see physical therapy being a long-term career Then I was, you know, I had a job where I was kind of climbing the corporate ladder and really enjoying that, but didn't seem like that was great for the family. So it was just kind of, man, like what else is out there? I just feel like I'm not finding my my, my, my niche or my calling here. And uh, so I just started talking with other people, started networking. Um, <clears throat> ultimately a guy uh, from my church uh, who was doing real estate full-time kind of met with him and, and really liked what he was doing and, and kind of the the lifestyle he had. And then just the work that he was able to do. So I thought maybe I wanted to get into that. Um, so I decided to go Back to doing home health physical therapy, which I'd been away from as I was kind of working that corporate job, but do real estate on the side. Uh, and so I, I left that corporate job, put, took a pretty big pay cut at the end of 2016, but just knew like, this is where I want to go. I, I want to give this a shot. I want to try real estate. And so in 2017, I was able to um, get a house to flip, uh, you know, did pretty well on that, but just saw that's not really investing. It's, it's a way to make money in real estate, but it's not investing. So the next year we did a duplex, Uh, and and you know, we did kind of flip that as well. We didn't even hold that a year, but for a few months we had that rented out. And so we saw that proof of concept of where, man, every every month the rent is more than all of our expenses, including the mortgage. So we're paying this asset off, this this property off, plus we're making money every month. Like, let's just do more of this. But I didn't like managing that, Josh. And I I just the more I read and listened to, you know, everybody was. This the guys and girls that I felt like I really identified with because there's so many different ways to do it. But the ones that I felt like spoke to me were the ones that were going bigger, you know, using the economies of scale, using third party management and going bigger. So that's what I wanted to do. So in 2019, we got into a little bit bigger multifamily. We got a 19 or sorry, 16 unit and then a eight unit and then a 10 unit. Uh, and we had third party management for those. And that was much better. Now I'm still working full-time as a physical therapist during this time, but, um, really started getting into it. And man, by this time, Josh, I was just all in, I, I was ready to go all in on real estate. Didn't want to do physical therapy anymore. So, uh, fortunately, uh, the market, um, complied with, uh, with my wishes and just took off. So those, uh, small multis that we own just kind of doubled or, you know, close to it in about a year. And so I sold all of those at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, Put all that in my savings. I had this big cushion, this war chest, this runway, and nice. uh, convinced my wife to you know that I, I should jump all in and and do real estate full time. So at the end of 2020, we did that. Uh, in 2021, then we just started doing a little bit bigger, bigger deals, more investors. Uh, started syndicating properties. So we got a few in 21, and then just got one in 22, kind of beginning of 2022 before interest rates started spiking, and then it you know got even more difficult to find good deals went 12 months without getting something. And then this past year, we just got two, we did some seller finance deals and uh, we started managing our own stuff this past year. So um, had a lot going on this past year. We actually sold two as well. So we just have, you know, we own four apartment buildings between Cincinnati and Dayton. We manage them all ourselves. It's 350 units. We bring in investors and, you know, we're value add. We try to turn these properties around and uh, we're looking to do a lot more of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That kind of uh um, it definitely resonates on our end too, same, uh, same deal, uh, value add and, um, um, just definitely looking to scale. So, so yeah. you go from, from flipping a house to starting to buy more multifamily. What, what happened there in order to, to enable you to, to buy more multifamily? Can you give, give the listeners like, it, was it, was a cushion that you had saved up? Was, were you bringing in other partners on the other deals yeah. and, um, and just compounding from there?
0: Yeah, I'll say three things, Josh. Uh, the, the capital part. Yes. We brought in, we brought in partners. So we just did simple joint ventures on those. I think that's a great way to get started. So, you know, real simple. I said, I found this deal. I think it's going to be a great deal and I'm going to do all the work. Basically. I mean, if you're doing a JV, technically everybody needs to be active. And so my, my partner was active, but I did 99% of it. Um, and so they come in, they bring the capital. I give them half the deal and I keep half the deal. So they get half for bringing the money. I get half for finding it, doing all the work. Uh, So we did that on all three of those. Um, One one of them, we had two partners begin. They split that 50% and I kept 50%. So real easy way to get started. Uh, in multifamily when you you know want to buy bigger deals and what you have money for. So that's how we did that was joint venture. Uh, the other things that allowed me to get into that though, Josh, because uh, it's a big jump. It's a lot different going to commercial. Underwriting was huge. So I had to learn to underwrite. Uh, I joined the RIA in Cincinnati, the Real Estate Investors Association, and there was an apartment focus group in that RIA. And every uh, once a month, uh, the guy, Mark Hutton, that was leading that group was teaching us to underwrite. He had, he had, um, gone to a boot camp a couple of times and, and, and he had bought some some apartment buildings, uh, a 25 unit, a 12 unit, a 40, 40 unit, I think. And so he had been through it and he was teaching me to underwrite. So that's the, that was a, another big step. You've got to learn to underwrite because it's the only way to know if you're getting a good deal and how you're going to operate yeah. and things like that. So I learned to underwrite. And then that third piece for me to get started, you don't have to go this route, but partnering with third-party property management was big for me initially. I, I just said this last year, Uh, We've reached some scale and and we've learned a lot and I really wanted to bring property management house and we've done that and I'm excited about that. I think it's a really good move for us. But early on, it did help me get into it by using third-party management because, man, going from a duplex to a 16 unit just felt like a massive leap and it was very daunting. But when we brought that third-party management company in, we realized, okay, they're managing a thousand units we're giving them another 16. That's 1.6% of their portfolio. It's nothing to them. So it's huge to me. It's nothing to them. It's good to have a partner like that, you know, cause it's like for us, we're, man, what are we going to do on day one? This is so intimidating. How are we going to manage 16 residents? And then they come in and go, yeah, we'll take care of all that. We're going to manage all this. And, and of course, are they going to do a good job? All, all those things I, I, I acknowledge, but man, to get started, it really helped us. So those three things, Josh allowed us to go, you know, from flipping and a duplex up to, some decent, you know, kind of mid small um, multifamily.
1: Yeah. And even, even uh, kind of following what prop project property management is doing, you can see their process, see how they manage yep. things, see how they manage issues their communication. Right. It, at least, at least it gives you a foundation of base to, to then compound off of down the road, like you For all sure. taking over, over your property management. I think um, full control and vertically integrated uh, investment firm is, is everything.
0: Yes. It's, I um, agree with that now. Yes.
1: I think that the next 24 months is going to be the years of the operator, as far as um, how um, how effective um, how effective we can be, as far as yeah. being able to. to- not only purchase the properties but operate it very well and then take it on to 2027 2028 where i feel like that's where another shift is coming but um it puts us in a different caliber and um you you have to get there though you can't just you can't go from zero to 100 managing your own properties yeah it takes a lot of time it takes patience and um um, and just getting the experience but once you have the foundational elements in play you can certainly scale um which you all you all are there i mean you're you're right there what, what's the next what's the next 10 years look like for you all as far as growth
0: oh man um i don't know what god has in store for us um but I, you know i hope josh I mean, just just a whole bunch more of the same i mean um you know as you start managing yourself uh it, it, things kind of change and, and we start to think about like uh you know using the economies of scale and, and using um like your team. Now I just want to buy more property that's close to our other properties so we can, you know, share staff and and, and do some of those things. Um, and so we just want to buy more in Cincinnati and Dayton. Now I, I like the markets around us too. Um, I love Columbus. I, I love Indianapolis. So we, we would, you know, I, I think the next 10 years for sure, we're going to at least other markets like that, if not even further, but um, you know, in the next couple of years, we just want to, you know, keep building our portfolio here. Um, I would love to, you know, we own, two 96 unit properties and a 95 and then a 64. And I would love to get over that 100 unit mark. I'd love to get up to 150. Um, I think that, you know, that's a, that's a really good size to have a full-time uh, leasing girl in the office and a full-time maintenance guy. Uh, so we'd like to buy more like that. I mean, as you're managing yourself, you know, you want to manage easier properties if you can. So I'd love to be like C plus to B minus uh, yeah. if, if not up in B class, but you know, I'm, I'm really stingy on getting good deals. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's harder to find, you know, the value out opportunities and the good deals in the B class space versus C class space. But, um, yeah, I, I think just more of that, Josh, uh, manage them really well. I, man, I, I agree with you. I've, I've seen, you know, the material you're putting out and, and I think you and I are really thinking about this year very similarly. Um, you know, we, we've been at some of the same meetups and stuff and, and, um, Man, I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity, but it's going to be for really good operators. It's not going to be easy. Uh, and, and this is going to be a tough time. Um, and I think people are going to struggle. And and man, I, I think you and I are on the same page that like, we're not we're not anticipating rent growth. Um, we're just not, we're not seeing that. Yeah. And I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, we're not even in a recession yet. And we're, we've already seen things level out and a bunch of the hotter markets are, are, are going negative. So I mean, I can't imagine what it's going to look like when we finally hit this recession, which I still think is coming. So um yeah. We want to buckle down it. It's been good for us, you know, not purchasing much recently to really be able to focus on the property management and, and get that tightened up. And so we're going to continue to do that until, you know, some deals break loose. And then uh, I think we'll be ready to pounce because we'll have such good operations. Cause like you said, Joe, I mean, that's, that's how you make your money. Like you've got to operate well, like, yes, buy low and sell high, but what happens in between? You've got to operate really well, so uh, we're yeah. really focused on that.
1: That's the pickles and cheese. All those those paper yeah. cuts that can add up to tens of thousands oh every year. I mean, if you could just ca- recapture some of those costs and and um, just put it back into the property. But um, I- as far as rent growth, absolutely, there's a lot of supply coming online. I think yep. that that uh, that does affect, of course, your B and your A class. But I love the workforce housing, the the the, uh, the C range. Uh, I love taking a D property and getting it to a B to a B but the the workforce housing era I feel like is more of a protected niche than of yeah. course your B and your A. When I mean, you've got brand new product coming online that requires a certain rental rate and that's Absolutely. certain. and I feel like that 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 genre is going to take uh, a little bit of a hit here in the um uh, the coming future but um if you can if you can find deal buy, it's not about buying low it's buying like where maybe in a in a good area Buying at a right basis, not based on performa, and being able to just do simple common sense uh, renovations. The, the right. residents want to pull up to a nice looking property, landscaped, not looking like 1960 and then going into 2024. So make the outside look nice, renovate the corridors, last things to get renovated, and then your your units make it nice for the uh, for the tenants yeah. to uh, to grow their family in. And if you can give those elements, then I feel like your property and your operations are going to be safe and uh, and secure for uh, for lease renewals as well. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. If you can, if you can be competitive at the rate, right? Like if you don't have to push, you know, so far, I think that's where guys have gotten themselves in trouble, Josh, where they they bought off a pro forma and now they're pushing so hard to hit that pro forma. And that pro forma was, was pretty unrealistic, uh, especially now that things have leveled off. I mean, maybe they bought it a year ago when, you know, it still looked like this up into to the right uh, angle for rent growth. And then, I mean, but guys, like trees don't grow to the sky. It had to level off at some point and now it has. And so they're pushing so hard to get to that pro forma number where, you know, I don't know, for, for just a number, that they're, they're trying to get that 1100 for that two bed in Cincinnati. And like just right where they're at, the market's kind of at 1000, 1050. And if you're pushing so hard to get that 1100, that makes operations a lot tougher. So uh, that's something we've learned. And, and frankly, with the third party management, that was, part of what was frustrating for us, Josh, was they were always trying to get that 1100 and we didn't really need to get it because we, we that wasn't our pro forma, but they're just so big on like push, 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 push. And hey, I love seeing someone move in at 1100. It feels great. But when that person moves out and we're turning over the unit in under a year, it's like, what, what are we doing? Maybe they actually can't afford 1100, Maybe, you know, because they can move down the street for a thousand. Let's, let's just bring it down to a thousand. Let's stay full. Let's just operate. So that's what I like so far. Um, and I don't know what your experience has been, Josh, but I, the, the guys I've been, you know, that, that are you know maybe a couple steps ahead of you and I that are operating, you know, thousands of units and and have been doing it for a decade. Man, that's what I see them doing when they're managing in house. They're able to control their expenses, so they don't have to push so hard um, on rent, and then you're, you're you're just much more competitive, and you can keep people. Uh, so that's um, again. Like you talk about if we're going to get into some tough times this year, I, I think you're going to want to be there, not not try to be at the top of the market. Uh, you're just asking people to go find something else when you're doing that.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that we're, we should be market makers right now. I think if um, if you've got great mm-hmm. tenants that are um, that prove to, to pay on time every month and um, they're like they're gold, good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give them a, a nominal. You want to keep your uh, your cost in check and in line. Just, um, you know, we, we readjust our rubs quarterly to make sure that uh, that cost, I mean, cost goes up and down. So you want to you want to make that. Uh, you know, when you're getting renewals make sure that it flexes the same as mm-hmm. far as utilities out cost out the door and and uh, just keep the balance it's all about balance cash in cash out and then what can a residents in that area truly pay for and what are they yep. willing to pay for um you know the, the past two years I think that there's there's definitely been some some hikes but um yeah you know, it is it, we'll, we'll see where it goes i feel like that that now it's more valuable to keep tenants and especially yes. the next next 24 months we don't want to concentrate on uh, on keeping the or the units uh leased up but yep what uh what are you seeing in a cincinnati dayton area as far as um the future and even deal flow so i know it's it's we're in a tough market man as far as deal flow in general
0: yeah yeah it's been slow man uh it's been really slow um i know end of the year is always slow and even as you turn the year it seems like it's slow and then all the brokers want to wait till they go to nmhc which yeah. is at the end of the month and they want to come back so I've met, I've met and talked with some brokers and and they're all excited and and optimistic, but they were last year at this time too. I don't know if that was your experience, but last year they were, oh man, you know, it's going to be great. And then, I mean, last year was a dud, you know, just all over, but there were, you know, I mean, we were down just like everybody else, just not many deals traded. Uh, we had, you know, I can think of a handful of deals that came out and never traded. Uh, you know, the, the seller just wouldn't come down. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of the same. Um, I I do. I'm I'm, on, I'm in the camp again. I, I've kind of already said, I, I think we're headed for a recession. I think inflation is going to keep coming down because um, it's going to, you know, I think, I think we're going to have a, a recession, which is deflationary because, you know, people lose jobs. They, they stop spending. I think we're seeing the, the beginnings of that. So I do think interest rates are going to come down, which, which, which is great. I mean, that's, that's good for buyers and sellers. You know, we can buy with better interest rates and sellers can, you know, anticipate maybe a, a higher offer, but not if you're in a recession, you know, that's not when when people want to offer more. So uh, I I think it's going to take something to dislodge this. You know, I've been hearing that sellers are now feeling like they don't have to give in at all. Whereas last year there was a big bid-ass spread, but sometimes you'd find that seller that would say, you know what? I mean, interest rates are going up and how much further are they going to go up? And they might say, man, we just got to cut it loose and sell. And now they're realizing, I mean, most people agree. I mean, the, the Fed has made it pretty clear. So I think most people are on board with Rates are not going up. Now, they might stay where they are for a yep. long time. Who, who knows? But they're not going up. So, sellers are feeling like that's off the table. Like, we know where rates are, and they're feeling like they're probably going to come down. So, they're thinking, I, I can be stubborn here because six months from now, rates might be lower and I can sell for even more. So, that's not good as a buyer. <laughs> that's not what I, what I want to hear. Um, so, I, I still think it's going to be a tough market. Um, but I think w- what we're going to find is, you know, if we do get into some tough times, if we do get into a recession, Um, that's going to hurt some operators and there's going to be some people that sell because they feel like they have to, instead of just people selling because they want to. Um, and that's what we're looking for. So I'm optimistic, but I, I still think we're just going to have to be patient. Um, you know, I, I do think this is the year that, that things shake loose, but maybe it's the second half of the year. I, I don't know. So, um, I, that's what I think we're seeing in Cincinnati and Dayton. Um, you know, again, there's just there's not many deals out there right now. I've talked to some brokers. They want to wait until they go to NMHC, it seems like. So I think in February, we're going to find out, Josh. I think some deals are going to come out. Um, the stuff I've seen, I, I'm still, I just see stuff and I'm just shocked that they're still listing at that high. I saw an <laughs> yeah. ugly 60s We've deal in a not good yep. part of Cincinnati the other day for yeah. 100 a door. And I yeah. thought, wow, I mean, we're still doing this. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, you know, so I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. What, what, what are you seeing?
1: Well, I seen the same deal, and it looked like they only painted the exterior. Yeah. So you still have to drop fifteen grand into each unit. 100%. They're trying to get ultra premium price per unit. It's the door. It's unviable, totally unviable, and uh, anyone who does buy that would be an absolute fool. And uh, yes. Yeah, uh, unfor- there there comes a point in time where the property uh, starts to degrade. Not uh, it, it just it's a part of it. You've got electrical, plumbing. Yeah. Uh, those those issues just go with the building, and and going in with the with the, the knowing of of that's going to happen, your your cost of operating is also going to go up, and yes. that's okay if you buy it right. If you buy it at right. say a, a nine cap or a ten cap you're going to have a burn off that just goes out towards maintenance. You can't yep. buy it at a, at a steady Betty six cap and just expect that coupon no. to come in every month. Um, and that's Yeah, just, that's a,
0: that's a B class 2000s deal. Exactly. You want to buy a hundred grand a unit. Yeah. yeah like and those that. are traps.
1: Yeah. Those, those are absolute traps that uh, somebody, unfortunately they get trapped into those deals and then they can't get out of them. And, and uh, people, people lose their, you know, lose their shirts on them. And that's, yep. that's from inexperience and um, just, just be I, I, more of uh, maybe even FOMO, fear of missing out yeah, and wanting to so. get out there and and uh, be a part of it but uh, that's why we've been it's been extremely tough to to purchase in the past few years because we can't we just can't find we're buying businesses ultimately and what is the business producing it's an it's a net, net operating income well yeah. that's a that's an x multiple whether it's uh whether whether it's an a, a transacting business or it's multifamily, family yeah. it's a business so what the financials tell you is what what it can actually support and what the return is expected so been A um, but I feel like, um, I feel like the next 24 months where our deal flow has picked up in certain areas, um, not necessarily in our backyard, but we're willing to travel if the uh, if the deal is right and yeah, and set up shop. And then uh, ultimately, if, if the properties are able to have third, not, not, I'm not going to say third party property management on site, but property management on site to where we can plug in. And now and now Mm -hmm. we can control the property, we can plug in our operations, our expectations, the way we we think good looks like and keep all of the on site staff in place. That is that is scalable. So scale as much as we can in the next 24 months and then go back around. And now we're going to to fine tune everything to another Mm. degree. Um, You you can't just start from zero and, and keep buying off site properties because ultimately you have to flex on the back office. And when you're hiring new people in the back office, um, it, you have to hire ten to get t- to get two. That That's just the way it goes, and it, that's yeah. that's a tougher road ahead to scale. But if you can plug into a full operation on site, um, you can get there. It's uh, it's achievable. At least it's it's less painful. Um,
0: Not, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, those that, that's what I've always told you know I've told brokers in other markets like. You know, if we're going to come to Indianapolis, like I, w- I would love to buy there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything less than 100 units there because yeah. we're not there to operate it. Right and now, if we can find a 40 unit close to my 100 unit. Great. Yeah. Because that team can manage it. But yeah, when you go into different, you, you got to be able to put that that uh, a full team on site because uh, yeah. if you got people on site, man, you, yeah, you can you get some good people that can manage that property.
1: Yeah, they know the property and they, they know the workflows. And the yep. thing is to just kind of sell them on a the vision, sell them on the vision of what you're going to do to the property. Because ultimately, if we're coming in, it's a value add opportunity. That means mm-hmm. there's deferred maintenance. That means there's intellect, it means the operations are struggling. So if we're going to come in and, and put in three or four or $5 million in the property. That's exciting. It that gives a new new light to the other. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your property management company, what that um, what that entails and, and how you guys um, how it's going for your first year out.
0: You know, it's a little bit like you just said, Josh, we, we started because we were buying a 64 unit um, and it just felt like that was a little bit small to bring in the third-party property manager that we were working with. And, you know, they even told us like, oh, I think we're going to be a little bit expensive on a property like this. And uh, we said, well, we don't like to hear that because you're expensive without with on, on a bigger property. So if you're telling us you're going to be more expensive on the small one, that's not going to work. And there was a guy, it was actually, you know, normally this never works out. So I would never uh, advise somebody to do this, but the seller's brother Lived at the property and was managing it, and so you know when I normally see that, Josh, I'm like, that's not going to work. We're not doing yeah. that. Uh, but man, the more we dug in, we're like, this guy's doing a great job. He he didn't do a lot of the marketing and stuff, but he had all the tenant interaction, and then he was doing all the maintenance calls and and turning the units, and then he would bring in like even just other residents and stuff to paint, and just I mean, he was doing so well. And when we're looking at his unit turns, we're like, this guy's doing a great job. So. That was our start was just why if this, I mean, the seller lives in Florida half the year, if he can manage it through his brother, why can't we do this? Why do we have to go out and pay somebody a whole bunch of money to manage this guy? You know, he's doing, he's doing it Also, that's how we started was, we just said, we're going to start a product management company. This is going to be our first employee and we're going to lean on him. And he has been a godsend. He is awesome. We love this guy. That's a rare He's vibe. done such a great job. Um, we brought on another person to, to, to help him out. Um, and that's where we started. So then, you know, the next property we got kind of same way. It's like you said, uh, Josh, when you go, like we just kept the two people that were on that property and they, they had the, the lady that was, uh, the property manager, she was there before this current owner, the current owner owned for a hot second and just dumped it to us. She was very frustrated with the current owner. And was like, you got to say, like, just very happy with us coming in and saying, this is what we're going to do with the property. We're going to bring it back to life. She was so excited about that vision. So she's been great. We kept them, kept the maintenance guy. He's good. Um, and so then the other two, we already owned, but we took back from the third party management. So we were able to keep some of their staff, actually just yeah. one, and then just went and found others. Um, and we're just finding local people. I'll tell you that the best uh, employees that we've found, Josh, are in their fifties. <laughs> some of them are even yeah. in their sixties. And we, we love it, man. I mean, just to get in the nuts and bolts a little bit, like they're just low drama. They show up to work. Um, A lot of times they don't even want full time, which on some of these a little bit smaller properties works really well. So we got a couple of them that they want 30 hours a week or 25 hours a week and and you know it doesn't take 40 hours a week to manage a 64 unit or a 95 unit even it would take 40 to manage 150 and that's why I said like that's what I want to get to I want to start buying 150 units at a time and and then you need full time people there um but not on a 95 and not especially not on some of these where we're like the two that we took back we've owned for a couple of years so we're kind of done with the big push now we're just we're just operating we're just you know hey the the general turn of, of, of residents leaving new ones coming in. There's not that much. We're not doing a ton of uh, renovations now. So 30 hours a week is fine. So um, we've found some great employees like that. We hit a home run on one, our one property in Cincinnati where it's a husband and wife that live in that town. They live seven minutes from the property. They both want 30 hours a week. They work together. They have a ton of experience and uh, you know, they're, they're affordable. So yeah, we just kind of build it out like that. It's really fun when it goes well and you get good people and they do a good job. Um, it, it's really fun, but it's a lot. I mean, it was a lot of work to get it going. I mean, just the back end, figuring out the software and the accounting and, and stuff like that. It's so much work, but, um, we're and kind of past that and it's going on well now.
1: Yeah. And the big thing is it's different. So if you're going yes. in and, and you're, you're implementing the, the renovations, the crews, the materials, and, and you're having property management get in front of you with, uh, with new vacancies and kind of prepping it up. that's um that's one thing but when when you're doing the whole everything it it is different once you learn it though once you learn what their business is all about and you uncomplicate what they make complicated it gets to be a even better business because now you're now you're able to really push customer service i mean your tenants your residents are your customers and what what we always thought was was complicated and this and that it's not we prefer not to have not to hire anybody who's actually been in property management because there's a lot of the times that the way that they've been programmed and or mentored or brought up, maybe just not answering the phone or uh, or not answering service requests or just doing the basic customer common sense, customer communications, just just a simple thing. So if you get somebody who's already in customer service, whether they're a hostess or or a CSA, just they're they're now it's just putting them in the process and getting yeah. them uh, into the groove so it, it can be go- it can become very fruitful once you get everything in motion and, and uh ultimately get your residents pick up on it and if, like you said if you've got we have a, a few that have lived on site like maintenance especially um if they're living on site it's like how do we plug them in let's figure this out because they know what the property is about they know how it how it lives and breathes because the plumbing there's always going to be things that happen if you've got an on-site maintenance yep. guy that's already there i mean the thing will run smooth it should
0: yeah uh, and, and being on call is much easier for them you know when somebody calls it's like all right i just got to walk down there and do it versus you know they got to drive 25 minutes to the property you know it, it, they just it, and, and they're just kind of used to that so yeah you can find some really good fits that way
1: so what is um what's your strategy is it buy and hold forever buy and sell what um what what are you all wanting to do
0: well man it's it's a good question um before we started property management, you know, I would say buy and hold, but to be honest with you, that's, that's not what I've done. You know, we've, we've, I've only held a couple properties past two years. So, so we've, we really turned a lot of, but I mean, in my defense, the, the market, it, it, you know, just been going crazy. So we just kind of took advantage of some opportunities and I believe in the velocity of money um, and, and, and turning it over. So we've just had some of those opportunities, but starting our own property management kind of changes the game because, you know, now we've got employees that, that depend on that property and and we're, and it's operating much better. And, and it, um, you know, I just like, I want to build a portfolio and if we're selling, we're going in the wrong direction. So, you know, I kind of want to just keep holding. And, um, I think there's real magic in refinancing, uh, getting investor capital out and keeping the deal. Um, our investors stay in when we do that and you you know if we can get all your capital back it, you, now you have an infinite return you recycle that money and go get another deal so i think that's the best case scenario is that you refinance get all the uh, investor capital out hang on to it and and just keep going more so I, I would love to do that um if things play out the way i think they're going to i think we're gonna have a great opportunity to refinance in the next year um maybe two but um because i, I think interest rates are going to come down uh we're going to be in a tough time but that's a great time to refinance, uh, of course. So, um, yeah, I would love to hold, um, you know, there, there's always a number that you know might make a lot of sense to sell and, uh, you know, get those returns and, and just roll, you know, roll into the next one. You can make, you know, you can make some big money by, by trading. Um, but long-term, yeah, I, I would love to start actually building a portfolio, which means, you know, just refinancing and holding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and selling, it, it creates a whole nother problem. Cause now, now the problem is we, we've got cash, but we need to find another deal and yep. finding the deal is the hardest part. Yes. Um, and refine it. We're at, we're in the middle of a refinance right now to, for uh, Freddie and, um, interest rates like 6.4 interest only three years, 10 year term. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I mean, no. it's, it's, it's just it, cash flow is great. We're getting interest only and, uh, the term's good. It's, um, uh, we did, we're gonna do very well on that property because I mean we added a tremendous amount of value but um, and that goes back to you know, don't wait to, to buy just start to buy yes. real estate just anytime in any yep. market um, for sure and then like you said your, your employees are counting on the properties and I think there's something wholesome to having a large portfolio it just um, yeah it feels good getting that community and, and having some control. Yep. Um, very cool. Um, Lee, if somebody wants to get a hold of you learn more about you and your company how can they reach out?
0: Yeah, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook, but um, uh, just jump on our website. It's threefoldrei.com. So that's T H R E E, like the number three, F O L D, like fold a piece of paper. Rei is in real estate investing.com. We've got a bunch of stuff there, educational stuff, um, You know, ways to reach out to us, all that stuff. So just jump on our website.
1: Very cool. Absolutely. Look forward to following you. And uh, of course, joining the monthly meetups. Those are uh, very valuable, yeah. just getting all the energy in a room. So yeah. definitely appreciate Love coming you. on today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll Thanks, Josh. Certainly talk soon. Thank you.
0: Absolutely.